Welcome to Remind the Podcast with your hosts, Katie and Angie. This week, we'll be looking at the question, how has COVID-19 affected the way we love? I don't actually know where to start despite talking about this for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) How has COVID-19 affected the way you love personally? I think it's definitely changed the landscape. I um, I think definitely I try to carve out more quality time for air quotes face to face interaction. I think within these times we have to realize when you haven't seen your friends in a year, you haven't seen your parents in months. Um, it's yeah, it's um, it's about how you show up without actually physically being there. What about you? Um. I think COVID-19 has definitely informed the kinds of relationships I have um, and has shown me how I express love, which I guess I already knew. I like, you know, calling my friends and, and yeah, it's definitely affected the way that I, the, the frequency um, that I show love and I guess it has made me realize the kinds of friends I have, the ones that send gifts, the ones that call, the ones that, you know, drop off the face of the earth and then text you three months down the line. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's interesting to see who your friends are and how they've also been coping and how they've been showing their love as well. It's safe to say, at least just in our broad experience, COVID-19 has affected um, the way in which we love. And I, you, you touched on some interesting points there about how you love, um, mm. which I suppose, I think what you were covering loosely was like love languages. Yes. And I think I briefly touched on that too. Um, so it's interesting to think about how COVID-19 affects the way we love through that perspective. For sure. And I, I think it's it's definitely something I th- I assume everyone knows what love languages are, but I think it's not super common that people know the kind of exact definition and what and the kind of theory behind it. Physical touch is one of the easiest love languages to understand. It is all about physical expressions of affection through hugs, holding hands, and being physically comforted by their loved ones. We have words of affirmation. People with this predominant love language need words of affection and compliments, such as I love you and I'm proud of you. They get happiness from hearing nice words and motivation. So gifts. Some people enjoy receiving and giving presents. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a very lavish or material gift. What is relevant when someone's primary love language is gifts is the meaning behind them and the thought. It's about knowing the person well and showing small but significant tokens of appreciation. And we have acts of service. 
Acts of service means the things that a person would perform as a way to communicate what they feel, as a way to make someone else's life easier. And there are lots of different examples of this, such as preparing a meal for your loved one when they've had a busy day, or tidying up the home when you know that they're just too busy to do it. Quality time refers to taking time out of our day for the people that mean a lot to us. It means finding quality time in our busy schedule. It means to be with a person in both body and mind. And with this, it doesn't really matter what you're doing together. What really matters is the person that you're spending time with. So what's the what's the reasoning behind love languages? I guess it's it's it kind of boils down to the question why why do we have relationships? Because this is a way that people form and maintain relationships, right? Right. Well, in terms of why we need them, evolutionary psychologist in the house. Hello. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I suppose the the sort of historic roots of why humans have needed relationships are quite clear. Um, and I think they still very much the reasoning behind them hold today, such as, I suppose, to, to enhance your chances of survival. I feel like I've said that every episode um, and it still holds. We're just making friends out here trying to survive. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, I guess the basis of relationships are they make us feel like we belong, which in turn makes us feel stable mm-hmm. in a part of our lives um and it's you know when you have that kind of security of okay well I have people looking after me I look after them and you know you don't have to worry about I guess being alone or being lonely which can have some pretty difficult effects on your mind and your body which I mean so many people have experienced over the last year especially now yeah definitely yeah and you know, it boils down to we need relationships to survive. Yeah, like everything we've talked about, but but it it they really do, you know, enhance our livelihood and our stability and our emotional well being. And you know, when you're mentally well, you're also you know that has an impact on your physical health as well. And um, you know, to maintain those relationships, then then we have a certain way of keeping these people in our lives which one example is love languages um you know it's it's expressing how you love someone and what i find interesting is um there was i read a study um on psychology today well it wasn't a study it was an article i read an article where it says actually people with incompatible love languages or even compatible love languages don't get on better or worse. Um, I've seen this one too. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because I I guess the way the assumption is, if you know how someone likes to be loved, for example, you know, words of affirmation, praising them or giving them compliments or um, making them feel nice with your words. <laughs> um then then you'd think that you know that would increase their 
feelings of love towards you and then the relationship is more stable and strong but apparently <laughs> it doesn't even matter but yeah it's 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 interesting that yeah the the assumption is that you know someone's love language and it significantly enhances your relationship or make someone fall in love with you <laughs> quicker but I, I think it is I don't actually think it does harm to know what someone's primary love language is because the, the 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 theory is that everyone kind of needs all five but some but people will have a primary um one they respond most strongly to right yeah what do you think is your primary love language I think one of them that scores actually very highly is physical touch. Yeah. Which is interesting, though, because if new people come up to me too physically, I get very unnerved. I'm kind of like a cat in that sense. <laughs> As well, I think I think it might be tied or is, is um, quite close to words of affirmation. It's quite interesting um, because I think this definitely helps me understand anyway why historically... I've been frustrated previously when, um, say, for example, romantic partners have had very different love languages and I sort of couldn't understand the dissatisfaction. I couldn't understand my dissatisfaction either. Mm. I think this goes quite a long way to explain it. What about you? I think I know what yours are. I think you know what mine are. Um, My primary one is definitely words of affirmation. I'm definitely someone that... Um, expresses how much I love people with my words um, and I love hearing it back <laughs> yeah yeah I I, that's I, cool. I think that's I love you that's the, yeah and that makes me 10 times happier in this moment <laughs> Yay. but I think like and my friends know that I think um yeah wor- uh, words of affirmation are definitely number one by a long shot it's funny after I learned these um, or found out about them, I, I definitely notice and kind of observe others a bit more. Do you think that ultimately, I actually have two questions. Okay, going on from that, do you think that your awareness of love languages has enhanced your relationships, even if it hasn't changed the way that people interact within them? Um... Have they enhanced my relationships? I'm not sure. I think it, it they've definitely made me more mindful um, and recognising the efforts of others and making sure they don't go unnoticed. Um, mm. Yeah. Because I think that answer there leads me into the second one quite nicely, which is, do you think that, in a sense, how you prefer to receive love or how how you can recognize people's efforts has been altered by covid because i was thinking like for example if if your primary way of receiving love is words of affirmation Mm. correct me if i'm wrong i think that's still very feasible in the current climate right i feel very lucky that you know i respond so strongly to words of affirmation because that is for sure the easiest seemingly easiest one to dish out especially in the circumstances in pandemic circumstances it's very easy to you know send a text you can still do it the same basically the same way you can call someone on the phone you can send a text you can send a letter those things haven't really changed much um 
But then I wonder, do you think that there's an impact, a, a significant noticeable impact for those people whose primary love language is, say, physical touch or quality time? Yes. Or acts of service? Because I think, I mean, from my experience, I definitely have found that. But just definitely on the physical touch side of things, obviously with COVID-19 being a viral pandemic, so therefore touching and hugging is quite off the cards um, because I completely understand that there's differences in personal level of comfort in, in doing that. So obviously I'd never disrespect that. But of course, I think for me, it's definitely been quite hard not to be physically close to my friends, especially, um, you know, I, I don't know, there's, I'm a reasonable cuddler. I mean, I don't you know what, wear, but no offense. Do love a good hug. <laughs> when but, I think of you, I don't immediately think cuddler. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to say this when I think like, oh yeah, I'm a hugger. People are like, no, you're not. I don't, I can't think of, I mean, this isn't just because of the pandemic. <laughs> I don't think we've ever hugged, oh. like, that much. <laughs> Stop, we've definitely hugged. Don't, don't defame our friendship by saying that. I'm so hurt. I can't, rejecting think, of <laughs> I can't think of an instance where we've had, like, oh, I was like, you know what, Angie's a really good hug. <laughs> I'm sure you are, oh my god, like, I actually need to stop. I need to stop. Why I don't know um, why I think that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, attacking don't worry. You as I think well. <laughs> I think this is the thing. Um I think physical touch is more commonly expressed with my family and romantic partners and words of affirmation is more common ex- like also that's how I understand it more with like friends and stuff. I I don't know why I have that in mind. Okay, I'm safe then. <laughs> I think it's it's very interesting how um still though I I don't know. I think physical touch is quite a hard one to get around in this world that we live in. Um, I think this is quite interesting, just from that broad snippet alone. I mean, it does beg the question of to what extent also do love languages affect our mental health? Mm. And I think relationships more broadly. I was looking at research, I think, on psychology or an article from Psychology Today as well. Uh, and a different article about how COVID-19 has affected our relationships. Um, it's quite interesting. Apparently, um, the quality of relationships hasn't really changed that much. Uh, but but um, having good relationships in the pandemic was a buffer against depressive, or, or against um, depressive symptoms, or people who had good relationships were better off mentally during COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, that fits in very, like, concisely to why we need relationships. It's because they make our lives at least feel more stable. I, I mean, that leads, I guess, to the question is, is do we rely on love language that, languages to support our mental health, though? I don't think... I wouldn't say depend on. I think we depend on... not. To, because I think I love plays a big part in yeah. our mental health, but as you said, well, as some research has identified, an incompatibility or a compatibility of love languages doesn't necessarily predict relationship satisfaction. But do you think it predicts um, individual satisfaction? In terms of like, ooh. if you're, even if, if we're not, even if we're not talking about romantic relationships, 
if someone or a couple of friends, you know, do do you think like waiting for their call or um, seeing them in person or getting a gift from these people really supports your mental health? I mean, I, I mean, I guess it works mo this this question works mostly with words of affirmation is expecting a call or expecting a text from mm. someone and that is kind of can be a crutch i suppose to getting through time is looking forward to that phone call that you've planned with someone every wednesday afternoon at 5 do you think people yeah. have depended on these kinds of things for their mental health in these times for sure probably a lot more so than previously because I think previously there we kind of had the expectation that these people are going to be there to show up in the ways that I'm accustomed to them showing up whether that is the FaceTime or hanging out at the park or going for dinner or whatever um but definitely now during these times I think yeah from an individual on an individual level relying on I guess yeah the various manifestations of love languages has become super important for our mental health to support it I mean I know that the research said um an incompatibility of love languages didn't really necessarily dictate an unhappy relationship but that just seems really backwards to me I mean just from experience and especially during these times I think I've definitely found I've met roadblocks in terms of someone doesn't feel appreciated by me um because I suppose I I'm not expressing love in the way they're used to possibly in light of the pandemic mm. but do you I just that research baffles me I know it, do, it baffles me as well and I think I guess do you think this newfound dependence is going to affect people long term and expect people to do the same things once you know life goes relatively back to normal is that but I guess people will be able to see each other so it's different but but then will people go back to like regular life and become busy and do this and forget about the needs of this person who needed a call every Wednesday at five I'm not actually just talking about myself <laughs> this is just an example <laughs> I realise I plan lots of calls at the same time and I don't actually mean myself. So say, like, that's so interesting, you plan calls. That kind of sounds like quality time, really, to me. Um, which is, yeah, that's also a very valid love language. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, I, it makes me wonder, like, what's it going to look like after the... Well, I don't want to say when the pandemic's over because who knows what the consequences afterwards are going to be, like, the knock-on effect, but... What's it going to look like when things are a bit more back to normal and people are engaging in, you know, going back to the office or, or, or whatever, just become busy and don't, you know, carve out the, or unable to carve out the time that they did during pandemic when everyone mm-hmm. was at home? Um, do you think, I, I, it makes me wonder, is it going to either encourage people to continue expressing love the way that they have through the pandemic which is I don't know sending gifts or calling or meeting in a park for a walk and quality time or is this dependency gonna negatively affect people because they'll be so accustomed and used to receiving this love in this way and then suddenly things go a bit back to normal and then 
it's just not there um, in the same way. It, yeah, it's a, I don't have an answer, but it's an interesting one to think about. I guess it's anyone's guess and it will be so dependent on the individual. I, I, my inner cynic tends to point towards probably the latter. Um, more specifically in relation to romantic relationships. Uh, the thing that jumps to mind for me is couples who have locked down together since this time last year. Mm. Um, I'm not speaking about their love languages per se, but just a severe adjustment to the routine when you can go and see your friends more liberally, you can you go back to the office, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's only natural for people to want to return to the things that have uh, you know that they built their life they based their life upon I think the perception of COVID-19 is that it is a transitory a transient um, phase or era in our history and that we are to be returning to something right yeah. rather than integrating um, it as a new normal I think everyone is sick of that phrase understandably but my gut which I don't know what that is worth exactly. Um, <laughs> my gut would point towards the the the, the latter in that th- there may there may be um, kind of an absconding of that weekly FaceTime or the fact that you guys cook dinner every night because that's kind of all you guys can do. And again, I'm I'm referencing this more specifically to romantic relationships. Mm. I think there's a bit more flexibility within friendships, um, but. Yeah, my inner cynic would say that. But I, I always remain hopeful. Good. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I think something that will be interesting to see how that trans- transforms over time is the love language of physical touch, because I think the, the basic assumption is COVID's not going away. It will become akin to the seasonal flu or, or the cold. Um, but obviously, given the, the major disruption it's caused, for quite an extended period of time obviously people I think for quite a long time will have it ingrained that physical touch is something to be slightly wary of um I mean huge tangent but yeah I I mean I think the physical touch one is is the most obvious right I think everything you've said is is something that's crossed my mind as well it's it's you know, when you meet someone new, all I've been doing is <laughs> standing very awkwardly, um, you know, two meters apart and lifting my hand like you know, one of those um cats, the the yes, I know about um, cats, <laughs> like the gold, no, the golden cats, um, <laughs> that like just wave their arm up and down. I'm I'm doing the gesture, and I know you can't see me, but <laughs> do you know the cat I'm talking about? Like that you see a lot in temples, and the cat is just like quite awkwardly smiling, <laughs> waving its hand up and down. You know yeah. what I mean, right? Oh, that's how I'm saying hello to people, and it's just not a good look for me. <laughs> well, right, and I, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, you're absolutely not alone doing that. Like, of course, like, yeah, when I meet someone, I'm like, hi, sort of going to hug them and sort of putting myself back and just smiling instead. Like, how are you? It's something yeah. that's quite awkward and I think is is going to to be around for a long time also things like acts of service as well I think poor acts of service I think it's quite an unsung hero 
Well, yeah, I think acts of service has been a really interesting one because I've definitely experienced it, you know, when um, I was unwell, possibly with COVID early last year was probably COVID in March last year. Um, And, you know, one of my friends went and did my shopping for me. And obviously that was the sensible and only thing to do was to not go to a supermarket. But, you know, even like a week after when I was still feeling a bit ropey, um, having someone, you know, drop off some oranges and I guess that's, is it gifts as well? I, I don't know. It's acts of service is, is going out and doing this job for me and, you know, helping me do a wash when I was too exhausted to get up. And mm. it, it's, 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 it's definitely, and especially, I think particularly for like um, the NHS volunteers is, you know, going, doing people's shopping and walking their dog and, it is things like that which have been kind of the saving grace to a lot of people. Um, and I, I think I think a love language that's maybe you and I don't think about so much because it's not our primary one, but yeah, definitely the unsung hero of COVID era. Um, Acts yeah. of service, for sure. I think, um, well, that's the thing. The fact that, I don't know if this is me being ignorant, that didn't even necessarily cross my mind. I mean, sure, I don't know. I appreciate it when someone does something for me. I I mean, I don't know, getting an extra pint of milk because they're like, oh, I don't think you have any. Um, But I don't think I've necessarily recognised that as a form of showing love until kind of, until sort of we've been having this conversation. Obviously, this conversation has been running in the back of mine and Katie's chat for quite some time um but it is about that thing this is I suppose this is what this episode is sort of about it's um it's shedding light on ways in which the ways we love people has changed during COVID and how we recognize them um yeah um, and and it, it and the reality is it has changed like what gifts look like now um are probably much smaller and perhaps even more meaningful than what they were before. So, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, like someone sent me a coloring book (laughs) when I was living alone. And that was a a very thoughtful gift. Um, And I mean, before I would have been like, what the hell am I going to do with a coloring book? And then I received a coloring book and I thought, you know what, this is the most precious thing. It's so sweet. It's so thoughtful. And it's so kind, and what a wonderful way for this per- to, for this person to show me that they're thinking of me. Um, and you know, I think <laughs> quality time has been, you know, really the walks, the number, the numerous walks people have been on. I think people are sick of, you know, should we go for a walk? <laughs> and it's like, I guess there's nothing else to do. But, but yeah, I think. I guess one thing in the one way in which how COVID has impacted love, um, perhaps maybe throughout this episode, we've been, you know, framing it maybe slightly in a negative way. But I think overall, I, I don't think it would be unwise to say that COVID has also made us more conscious as, um, you know, as people in terms of love and its various expressions. Um kind of throughout this time because of of just yeah this changing landscape like the fact that I don't know going on holiday with a significant other for example is 
is now like okay like we carve time out on a Sunday to bake together or something like that and like the gifts thing as well right I mean even even you were just saying mm. him in the past you might be like oh this is nice but like what question mark and now you're kind of you're recognizing wow this person's thought about how I am where I am and has you know wanted to show me that they're caring for me and that they're here for me perhaps not in a way I would have originally expected or um immediately recognized yeah for sure and I I agree I I definitely agree um I think it's definitely been a time maybe not for everyone but for me for sure is is really recognizing and appreciating the way others are acting towards me and they're all very different depending on who it is in my life but it's all definitely appreciated um and yeah it's 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 for sure been an appreciative time and it's it's so heartwarming to know that someone is thinking of you and showing you they love you in a certain way um and yeah, it it's can be difficult to recognize, and obviously in the just uh, the adjusting environment. But all, again, it's it's seeing how people have adjusted to it as well. That's been really heartwarming. Um, yeah, I mean, I I guess the the summary to this is how has COVID nineteen affected the way we love? Pretty majorly, I think, particularly for people whose love languages are primarily physical touch. And what's the answer? I don't know what it's going to look like in the future when things are different again. But I think um, the wonderful thing is people are showing they love each other in in small ways. And and I think recognizing those efforts um, under the circumstances and, and maintaining those relationships because they're so important to us and how we survive generally um has been really wonderful um and I think yeah that's my that's my optimistic (laughs) rarely optimistic takeaway let us know what your love languages are what gifts or love languages what what love languages have been expressed towards you how you've been expressing yours to others um we'd love to hear all about it We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Remind the Podcast. All of the research used in this episode can be found in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also follow our Instagram page at remind.thepodcast to get all of the latest updates on the show. That's all for now. Stay tuned for our next episode.